The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and the Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. All right, happy Monday, everybody. A short week for Pirate Football. East Carolina back in action coming up on Thursday against South Florida after that long trip to Houston, Texas, and that long Saturday waiting the weather out uh, against the Houston Cougars. Pirates fell in that game in overtime. We're going to talk basketball today because of the short week. Joe Dooley, the head basketball coach at East Carolina, is in the studio. His Pirates getting set to embark on the 2021-22 college basketball season. So we'll talk with Coach Dooley. We'll take your questions or comments on our Facebook Live page. You can get those cranked up as well. Back with the head coach of the Pirates in hoops after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Hi, welcome back on this Monday, Talking Pirate Basketball. Joe Dooley, the head basketball coach at East Carolina, joins us in the studio. If you have a question or comment for Coach Dooley, get him on our Facebook Live page, and we'll pass him on to Coach Dooley. But uh, the season's almost here. Now, it's kind of an odd deal. I've always said this, but you guys, you have two private scrimmages that you can have against a Division One team. But it has to be kept like top secret. Like you can't, you can't really. Can you admit that you did play them? I don't even know about that. <laughs> that it's, 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 you know, it's sort of funny because you do see some box scores on Twitter of these secret right. scrimmages, and yeah, you know, we have uh, the, the people we did. We said we wouldn't do any of that stuff, but uh, you know, I don't know why it's that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, but, but the the whole thing with the scrimmages, some of them are a little bit different. For example, you might format it that you play four ten-minute quarters or four eight-minute quarters, and then what you do is you go ahead and do with possession work. Uh, you might have a segment where, you know, we when we did scrimmage, we didn't we talked with the coaches, and we did not play zone because we don't have a zone yet, and neither did they. So those type of things. You could play throw up right. a, a two-three just so people can work about it, uh, work on it. We, you know, we, we throw up a two-three so we can work on our offense a little bit. We'll put a zone in later in the week, but... Uh, it is a little bit peculiar. I do see where some people played exhibitions and relief games and those type of deals, and they, they are able to publicize them. Yeah, you can play a, a lower division as far as that goes for an exhibition game, but if you want to play a division one. And what's odd about the whole thing is is that baseball is in their fall season right now, and they host Liberty, and they have everybody out, and they have the media out, and you can cover it just like a regular game. But in basketball, it's a secret scrimmage. So the Pirates, I can say this part, they did play NC State. We can't talk about any of the specifics of it, but uh, we do know that the two play and the Pirates have another one coming up this weekend and then we'll get to see the Pirates later on South Carolina State I think is the first uh, up for East Carolina coming up on November the 9th when you look at your basketball team so far and what you can see in practice I mean I mean you've been around so long what do you see out of these guys what do you see about the camaraderie and that kind of thing 
It's interesting because, you know, I think all the coaches, it's, we're, it's an adjustment for us also with, with the new uh, one-time transfer and these guys getting eligible. It used to be, you know, you had more stability. But now that you don't, it's, it's do you do as many drills? Do you try to get more up and down? Do you try to do uh, different things to get the guys to gel? We have played a lot more full-court stuff. We've done a lot more live-action stuff. Uh, that being said, we also got got the summer this year. You know, we had the summer to use some. We had some guys that were hurt that weren't able to be out there. But uh, I do think having the summer, the amount of time we're allowed to do team stuff during the summer and in the fall before we start practicing, it does help. You know, you look back to last year, and, and we even shudder the thought of looking back to last year. But with all of the COVID situations that you had to go through, I mean, I don't know how you even put a team on the floor. I don't know how you beat a top five team. With, with with all the things going on, but you did. I mean, and, and you've said a couple of times on the rec- off the record that you really liked last year's team. You thought you could be really good, but you just got ravaged by it. Yeah, I didn't think we were the Lakers, but I, yeah, I, you know, we won the games we were supposed to. That that Memphis, that Houston strike, streak. I thought we were playing well. Well, obviously, it was a great win against Houston. We played really well at Memphis, and then you know we went from February sixth or February eighth to March fourth without playing. Yeah, and everybody's well, you know, and no one really cares. I mean, line up and play. When if you don't have guys to practice, it didn't matter. You know, then it was a weird for the for the kids too. Your offensive timing's off. You know, any any symptom, you were out until we got you tested, so you could come to practice today. You have a little bit of a headache, or you know, you, you sneeze, go test him, he's out. <laughs> yeah, you, so you sneeze. Go to, you go to the practice plan. You know, you go to practice with your with ten guys, and by, before you ever get to you know play, it's you're playing three on three. So. Uh, adjust. I mean, hopefully we'll never see it again. It was it was bizarre for the kids. It was bizarre for us, but it made you think on your feet a lot because you didn't know what was going to happen next. And I'll never forget through all these years having to host the coaching show for television after we haven't played for two weeks, and you walk in and I'm like, Coach, uh, what'd you do this past week? We were going to rewind the tape and just play it yeah, again. We, 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 we actually wasted a couple hours of our lives. We, we should just replace replayed the uh, yeah. The, 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 we would go to previous week and, and repeat it, but. Uh, you know, I, I think we weren't the only. It was it was hard on a lot of people. I mean, obviously the 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 season was tough, but it was hard on the on the whole society as whole. So it's it is what it is. Yeah. Let's move on down the road. I remember he's saying, Bailey, don't you have any other questions? Yeah, I was like, Coach, you got we, any? Because we, we ran out of all of them. We ran out of answers. We try not to out dumb each other. <laughs> yeah, we had questions and we ran out of answers. That's for sure. But the hopefully brighter days are ahead. And uh, and you got to just like the the continuity of everything right now. And, and really have because that's what sports is. I mean, sports is you know practices this time. You know, games are this time. You know, leading up to the games you do certain things i mean and when when all that's thrown out you know there's nothing to do about it but it was it was you know and having done it for a lot of years it was weird you know we had one day where we you know we were going to practice and we get a call from the, the team doctor and say i think it's better that we don't go again today it was about 8 30 on a saturday morning and i got in the car and just drove down to atlantic beach to have lunch because i had nothing to do we don't we're not going to play for two weeks we don't know who we're playing next yeah we're sort of sitting there and it was sort of ironic, uh, you know, I went down and, and Tim Jankovic from SMU called me and they were shut down. And I told him I was going to the beach and he said he was thinking about going skiing, but he didn't think his AD would be happy. So he just sort of <laughs> stayed in Dallas. We joked about that, but you just, you know, they were shut down. We were shut because they only played 18 games themselves. That included the NIT and that was SMU yeah. who had a good team. So it's, it was, some teams got hit a couple times like we did. And some teams, you know, you look through the, you know, Gonzaga had something early and they made it through. Baylor shut down and they shut everything down once or twice and they made it through so 
some of it's just timing and luck. Yeah, it was just uh, one of those bizarre years. And as we said, hopefully everybody's through it. And, and you still have some COVID protocols, correct? You still have things you have to do. Are you testing at all uh, as far as vaccinations go? Is, is that all in, in check? We're in, we're in good shape as far yeah. as vaccinations. The, I think the big thing that comes out of this, Brian, is the is the contact tracing. I mean, you could go from losing one to really losing four. Uh, you know, look at what happened with us out of Christmas. We had one test positive. We lost, you know, a starter tested positive. We had two starters contact traced and myself contact traced. So we lost four people. Right. And, you know, I, I think now the contact tracing is different. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you're not contact traced. Uh, they test if you do have symptoms. Um, you know, you could still lose guys for 16 days. I, I don't think people understand that. that right. If, you lose, if someone does test positive, you're going to lose them for 16 days. The uh, 10 days of quarantine and then the six-day reacclimation. So that's a bit of a, you know, in basketball, that's three or four yeah. games. Well, that's a whole, that's, that's a, a lot of games. That's a lot of games. That's a chunk yes. of the season. All right, let's, let's talk about about the, the roster as you sit here. And obviously, the, the big key, you lost Jaden Gardner mm-hmm. to the transfer. You picked up three transfers. Uh, you, you know, when you look at what you've got on the floor, you know, what, what's the strength of this basketball team? I think we're a little bit more mature. I mean, we've got four starters back, essentially. And then with those guys, I mean, Winston Tabbs has played in the ACC. Uh, you know, Alonzo Frank has played in the SEC. Uh, Vance Jackson's played in the SEC. Uh, you know, so those guys have been through the war. They're a little bit more mature. This is really the first time we were able to take a, you know, we were able to take a grad student. You know, Vance was a grad student. We haven't been able to do that because of APR. And I, I think his maturity has been, you know, he's been at UConn. He's been in the SEC. He's been, he's been through it. And, uh, Winston and, and Zoe, with those guys are good guys because they've played in big games in real leagues and, and they've played real minutes. So I think they, they'll add some maturity. And then I think the guys that we have coming back have all gotten better. I think Luigi's making a big jump. All those other guys, you know, Tristan had an up and down year last year. Some of it was health related. I mean, and I think he's feeling better. So I, I think those guys will make a little bit of a jump and there's more continuity and familiarity. Yeah. I was going to say familiarity when you look at the roster. Now, as pirate fans, when you look at the roster, you know, some of these guys, you'll meet, you know, the nine new players, but you still, you have a, a nucleus that, that people have seen play before. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that, the, and it's unfortunate. I'm not a big fan, but you have to adjust. I think you're going to see this every year. Um, you know, I think the, the, you know, Tim Floyd mentioned this years ago. You know, if you're, if you're not at the, uh, the blue blood level, and even those guys, when you look, I mean, you look last year, Carolina, Duke, and Kansas had six guys in the portal. Yeah. That never happened. I mean, right. I mean, no, no one ever left those places. You're at Camelot. Why would you leave? Right. And, you know, now it's, if you're a good player, I mean, at a, you know, at a CAA school, and, you know, you're an ACC power, and, you know, one of your guys goes hardship or transfers, what do you do? You go on the draft board and look at the next guy. Who are we going to take? And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's unfortunate that there's guys that maybe are on the, you know, the end of the ACC benches, and they're, you know, they're freshmen or sophomores. They're not playing as much as they want. You know, there's guys in other leagues lower than them that are trying to poach those guys. And everybody says it's not happening. It's happening. Yeah. That's, that's, I believe it. It is happening. I mean, you could say it's not. It is. But that's that's the reality of it. How do you deal with that? Because, you know, as a coach, you know, your job is to instruct. Sometimes you have to give tough love. I mean, that's just part of it. But but it's a fine line because you don't want to lose guys. But but you have to, you know, do your job. But then, you know, it's it's like, well, are you going to play a freshman who's not ready to keep him and he costs you games? Right. That's that's where the fine line is. Um, and, and I mean, I think one of the big things we've tried to do is, is with our guys since I've been here and coaching is, is you know, inundate, inundate them with stats. 
here's here's where you are, and that includes practice. I mean, you're shooting 32 percent from three in practice. That's not a real number. So we need to get we need to work on this. And you know, sometimes they, the the reality of it is you want to be told the truth, so you're told the truth. And yeah, I, I think with our guys, we you know we bring them in, talk to them all the time, understanding their roles and. I've got a couple of young guys I really like. Are they going to play a ton of minutes? Depends on whether guys get hurt or not. I do want to ease them in there, not to keep them, because I want to see what they can do. But it, it is a fine line. Yeah, I'd say it's got to be one of the toughest things about because before, you know, once you made the commitment, it, it was a commitment. Now it's not even a commitment. Now it's basically just you know a one year ride. And if you know, if I'm not happy, I'll, I'll take my ball and go play somewhere else. Well, I talked to somebody. I thought this was a great line. I said, How, "Are you going to recruit high school kids to the portal?" He said, "I'm going to recruit high school kids, which we are." And he said, and if I have somebody to go to the portal, I'm going to replace him with someone from the portal that the kid at my place had the same problems he had at his place. <laughs> so I thought that was a great way to look at it, and it is the truth. I mean, yeah. it's it's that's the reality of it. That is. That's the reality of it. Did you ever think you'd see a, a situation like that where, you know, it's free reign almost? I'm all for the, the, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, the players were saying is that, well, the coaches can move. There's, there's a lot of ramifications when coaches move, and there's usually some financial ramifications. Right. And I, you know, we talk about name, image, and likeness, and we talk about the portal. What we don't talk about is education and graduation. And a lot of these guys that are graduating are losing hours. So in order to graduate, they're going to need another semester or another year of school because they transfer from school A to school B and lose 18 hours. Right. And I mean, I haven't heard no one said graduation yet. They've said name, image, likeness, and portal. And I thought our goal was to help these guys graduate. Well said. Joe Dooley live in the studio with us. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll continue on on this Monday on the Brian Bailey Show for you right after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back on this Monday. Head Coach Joe Julie joined us. We've got the uh, Facebook live feed up, so if you'd like to ask a question or a comment on that, we'll certainly pass them along. Uh, Charles writes in and says, can we make the postseason this year, Coach? Full pressure on you. Can we get there? Well, I, I think the big thing is our strength of schedule is good enough. Uh, you know, with the, the conference, I think there's te- four or five teams in the conference that are in the 40s or lower in the Ken Palm. So that's strength of schedule. Now, I think, you know, it's like everything else, handling the the games out of conference that we need to and winning those games and getting your RPI numbers and your, your net numbers low enough. I mean, you know, we went from when I took the job, we were 307 to 265. The final my first year to 217, our second year, into 155 last year in the, in the, in the Ken Palm numbers. And uh, I do think, you know, if we hadn't had a couple of stoppages, we could have maybe been under 100. And that also affects, you know, when you look at college basketball, there's 100 teams playing the NCAA or NIT. Right. So you have to be in the, the low hundreds at the least to, to get in there. So you got to figure ways to do that. And our league strength of schedule will help us probably to do that. So, uh, you know, that's our goal to try to get there. And we were talking about it in the off the air with the fact that we were talking in football terms, too, that, that you, you can see the progress in basketball. You just said the numbers. In football, we see, you know, those close losses. I mean, you know, it's 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 not a moral victory at any cost, but still you can see the improvement because you know last year this time the football teams they were getting blown out, and then that's not happening now. It's, it's it's I mean I I don't know. And you look around. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, you you look at LSU in football. I mean, twenty one months ago yeah. they were the national champion, and and it's it's such a fragile deal. And teaching people how to win and and trying to create a, a culture of winning. Um, it is not easy, and it, it does take some time. It takes some tweaking. You know, there's some mistakes that we make as coaches going along the way, but there's also some things that 
Uh, you know, a lot of times when you take jobs, there's, you know, you, you've got to build an infrastructure. And those are things that you have to do, and that doesn't always come overnight. When you decided to come back for your second stint, did you find that when you got here that things were hard, it was going to be harder to do what you wanted to do just because of certain situations? Well, I think that the two things that, I mean, I think, and, and Dave did a great job with this, you know, the APR deal uh, was, was something that, you know, we had the idea, but we didn't have, understand how drastic it was because of some things that happened in the se- second semester. The the facilities, um, I think that's something, you know, to continue to upgrade. I mean, when you think about, it, you know, last this June was the first time we've had a recruit in our locker room. Right. So those are infrastructure things that aren't necessarily, you know, fixed very quickly. So you have to fix those deals. And uh, facilities are a big thing when you look throughout the country. Um, you know, it's it's a little it's uh, unfortunate. It's a lot of glitz and glamour, and that's what the kids are looking for. Uh, you know, the shiny new object, uh, and I think those things are all important. But I think the other thing about it is the disp- you know the leak. You know, with the, when we were in the colonial, the disparity wasn't as great. But now you look at the you know when UConn was in the league, you know, UConn's one of the ten you know you know spending the most money in basketball. Memphis has spent a lot of money in basketball. Houston's made an unbelievable commitment. I mean, they're. I was told they'll be in the top half of the Big 12 as far as salaries and and and, um, and budgets when they join the Big 12. Speaking of conferences, you know the American just added six teams. When you look at the six that were added, what does that do for basketball? Well, uh, yeah, I think you've you know we obviously lost some really good Houston coming off the of Final Four. Cincinnati's got great tradition. Uh, you know. Um, we had to add some schools. I don't know how much, you know, I think UTSA has gotten better in basketball. They're continuing to grow. UAB's got a good program, real good tradition. So I think those guys will add some positives to our league. Yeah, Charlotte is a team. So you guys in are state. I mean, yeah, now, we can, now we can bust somewhere at least. In exactly. You don't have to get on a plane. So uh, that'll make travel, at least for one game, a little bit easier. And the travel in this league has always been one of the, the issues. Whenever these leagues started expanding and started doing things, you know, it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. The old days, the Colonial was a great league because you bust just about everywhere. The ACC had a league that they bust just about everywhere. Well, the, the crazy thing for us is, Brian, we can't bust anywhere almost. I mean, right. like, Temple's the closest opponent. I've never been in a league where you couldn't bust somewhere. Right. I mean, in the Big 12, we were, you know, we were able to bust to Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. When Missouri was in the league, we bust to Missouri. So that takes a lot of wear and tear off the travel. Um, now you start adding some things. You know, with our league, we'll be going to Texas, obviously, a lot more. Um, you know, FAU, obviously, we'll be heading down that way. So, but you know, USF's already in the league. But I do think the wear and tear and, and the expense of travel is also a little bit more difficult because you're not bussing anywhere. Yeah, and, and charter flights aren't cheap at all. And you guys are able to charter in conference play. Is we that? charter some in conference. Yeah, yes. yeah, and that's basically based on you know what the academic schedule looks like and what you, you know, what you have to do to try to miss you know as little class time as you can. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about something like in men's basketball, if you played a Wednesday. Wednesday game, if you had a bus to Raleigh, uh, you know, you could lose part of Tuesday. Do you practice here before you go? So you, in case there's travel problems, um, then you're flying back on Thursday as opposed to when you charter. You, you're here for school all day. You wouldn't miss Tuesday. You'd practice here. You'd fly to where you're going. You'd shoot at the opponent's gym on Wednesday morning. And then on th- you know Wednesday night after the game, you're back. So you miss one day of class as opposed to potentially two or three. Let's take a look at the roster a little bit and give, give us maybe an inside uh, track to some of the guys and what they're up to this year. Let's start with the guys that are returning because Pirate fans know what they look like. They know what number they are. They, they've rooted for them already. But a guy like J.J. Miles. He's had a real good offseason, uh, really continued to grow and mature. Um, 
one of the biggest things. I think he wants a little bit of a leadership role. Uh, he's, he's really been locked in. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing I'm proud of, he's, he's going to be three hours away in the spring from graduating. And Great. it's been an unbelievable deal with him. And uh, he's put, Jennifer Bonner has put a lot of time in with him, and he's put a lot of time and bet on himself a lot, and he's doing really well. Uh, been a really good leader, a lot of energy. Uh, has had been off to a real good start so far in the preseason. And you got a lot of guys from last year that all averaged between eight and nine points per game. Does one of those guys need to step it up and 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 really get to that twelve, thirteen, fourteen points? I, I think that 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 would be a real good jump. I mean, I think one of those things. I mean, someone like JJ or Brandon Suggs or, or Tristan can go from eight to twelve. I think someone like Luigi can go from four to six or seven. And then you know those other guys that we've added, they'll do it. You know, we'll do, hopefully you know Winston's proven numbers. Now it'll be different. You know, he's coming off a little bit of an injury, but. Once he gets back in the rhythm and all those type of deals in Vance, the other things we have a little bit more depth. Uh, I think our perimeter especially is a little bit deeper and we can play a little bit differently. All right, Brandon Suggs, as we said, one of those guys averaging right around eight, nine points per game from last year. And he seemed like Brandon was the type that, that would really get some of the dirty work done. He'll take a charge. No, he'll, he's, he's gotten better. His ball handling's gotten better. He led us in three-point shooting last year. He's continued to get better. Uh, I think Jason Martinez, our strength coach, you know, we got him in the middle of last year. He's done a really good job of of uh, loosening up his hips and his knees. He's much more athletic. Uh, he's done a really good job with Brandon. A lot of these guys' bodies getting these guys in better shape. And the thing I always remember when we start talking about Tristan Newton is the fact that, that he led the whole state of Texas in scoring his senior year. Think about that. The whole state of Texas, I mean, that's a huge state to begin with. And, you know, he was number one right up there. Yeah, Tristan, uh, you know, and, and he's a young, he was a young freshman, had a really good freshman year, came back a little bit last year. I think a lot of it, you know, he... When he went out for the you know ten twelve days, he he gained some weight and then he hurt his knee. I don't think he ever was as explosive. I think trying to get back in shape and uh, you know then being quarantined a couple times didn't help him either. I think that that really got his rhythm off and uh, he's had a good you know he went home and worked a little bit for the first semester and came back was with us the whole second semester and really got after it. And he seems to be one of those guys that, that he has got, he's got that sheepish little grin on his face most of the time, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's a very <laughs> quiet kid. Um, you know, he's but his you know his brother's a really good player at Evansville, really good family, military family from out in, from out in El Paso. I'll tell you, I forget which game it was last year because interviews were really limited last year because of the COVID. But it was you, you after the game, you would walk through and he came through and and, and he, he did some really good things in the game. And you got him about something and he, he turned to us and he said, yeah, he got me again or something like that. But he, he was really, you know, appreciative of the game that he'd had, but he knew he had some things he needed still to, to work on. Tremont Robinson White is a player that, that we've seen flashes that he's really quick to the basket. Yeah, he's got really good hands, aggressive on the ball. Uh, I wish, you know, we're, we're trying to get him to be more aggressive more often. And you know, sometimes Trump plays to not make a mistake. Uh, you know, I'm all for that. But sometimes you need to be a little bit more aggressive and be aggressive but not reckless. And I think he's starting to figure that out. And you want him to go to the basket when he came. want him to drive good things happen. And force help. I mean, I think everybody talks about driving. Driving isn't always just to score. Driving is to force help so you can drive and kick. Right. Uh, driving is to force rotation. There's a, there's a bunch of different things that, you know, these guys can do to help each other. And Luigi Debo is one of those guys that, that he's always, you know, got a smile on his face. He's always talking to you, even when he's banged up and hurt and trying to rehab. And, you know, you, you just, he's one of those guys you look at and say, man, I hope he has just a, a, a healthy year and really does well. Well, that's the big thing. He is healthy. I mean, uh, yeah. a year ago at this point, you know, he hadn't done anything five on five since the previous October or November. And, uh, you know, we decided uh, when, when he had that injury that we were going to have it fixed so that way he could have a chance to play. And I think if, if we, we we bet that 
Uh, fortunately, he, you know, we weren't sure whether he would re-break it or not break it, so we did the surgery, and he's coming through it. He did put some weight on. He's taking it off. Jason's done a great job in the weight room. He spent a lot of extra time in the weight room doing flexibility, and uh, Jason's done a really good job of leaning him down, and he's playing really well. I can't remember which game it was, but I think it was late in the season last year, and he came off the bench, and he looked like a, a young pup running around. He was just he's wide open. He's in really open. good shape right now. Yeah. I, I've been impressed by him. And, we're sort of easing into it, too. I mean, it's like now you don't want to be in total game shape right now because it's a long season for us, as you know. So trying to play more minutes at spurts, you know, we play some four-minute games in practice so these guys can simulate, you know, the media timeouts and those type of things. And his conditioning is, is far superior than it was at any point last year. All right, so we've got nine new players on the roster. Let's start with the Division One transfers, and you've touched on them a little bit, but Alonzo Frank from South Carolina. Big body, strong, nice touch, really good high high basketball IQ, Jersey kid, and, and uh, he likes to play. Um, uh, you know, I've been impressed with him. Really good family. Now, when you when you get these Division One transfers, yeah, take us through the process of how maybe with with Frank. How did you, you, you did you guys get together? Well, here it, what we decided in in our portal recruiting is we're not going to take anybody from a school that we don't know somebody that'll tell us the truth. Right. So, for example, when, when I've known Frank Martin since he was a high school coach at Miami Senior High School. Okay. So when I called Coach Martin, I knew he's going to tell me the exact truth about the guy. Uh, with Vance Jackson from Arkansas, I talked to Eric Muslim and I talked to the people at New Mexico. I know they were going to tell me the truth. Uh, with Winston, I talked to Jimmy Christian and Scott Spinelli, two of the guys on Boston College's staff. I knew they were going to tell me the truth. So we knew what we were doing, what we were getting with those guys. And the process is they put their name in the portal. You can contact them. And then the recruitment goes from there. Now, a lot of these guys also, you know, there was no visits. Right. So there was guys showing up on your campus that had never seen which is just bizarre. Yeah. I talked to a guy in the Big 12 that told me they they thought they signed the guy 6'8", 190 pounds, <laughs> and he showed up on campus 6'5", 165 pounds. <laughs> So that must have been an interesting. I would have, they can't I, throw him back in the portal. I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have been interested to hear that conversation. With wow! Him, but, but they were like, it was a kid we were recruiting, and it was, and it was, and I said, hey, how'd the kid from such and such do? And I said, you're not going to believe this. They said, what? And I said, oh my goodness. That's like that internet dating thing that I did for a couple of years there when I was divorced. <laughs> you, 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 you wrote on that you were a ten. No, I did They knew better than me being a ten. That's hilarious, though. All right. All right. Uh, let's go to Arkansas. It's Vance Jackson, who's coming to town now. Vance, really good shooter. Um, skilled, big body. I mean, he's a, a physical specimen. Uh, career 40%, three-point shooter. Started off at our, at, at uh, UConn. Yeah. And they had the coaching change with Coach Alley transferred to New Mexico. I had a couple really good years at New Mexico. Had a grad transfer to Arkansas. And at Arkansas, I had a little problem because his name is Marcus Moody. Played the same position. He was an in-state kid from Arkansas. Vance didn't get as much playing time. We're fortunate. I, mean, I like. I think he can really, really shoot the ball. He's had some really good spurts. And, and you know, the, the the thing is, when you see guys that have been to one or two places, the first thing that comes to your mind is, well, he he must be trouble. Yeah. But and and that was the old. That was the old. I mean. Why would you take? You know, he's just right. transferring problems. It used to be right. the old. Used to be the old adage, and, yeah. and uh, I don't think it is anymore. Now, the other thing I'll say this: you know, the one thing about the portal, when you get him, you got him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and transfer. Now you have to sit. Yeah. So either do what you're supposed to do, and and that's and I think most of them are coming in trying trying to get a new role and. 
Uh, but I do think that's something with the portal that, that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole different world, but hopefully it's one that everybody can adjust to. All right, Winston Tabs. ACC fans will know a little bit about Winston from Boston College, and we see a lot of ACC games, you know, on television. What does he bring to the table? Scoring, uh, I, you know, he's, he's averaged, you know, career 14 point a game shoot, a score at Boston College, 40% from three. Um, has been a little nicked up. He's fine now. He's starting to ease back towards, uh, almost full practice. Uh, can score in bunches. Just sort of, we're taking our time with him now, trying to get him in game, in practice shape, game shape. And, but he's had some really big games and he can really pass it and really shoot it. And a guy like Winston, who's played in the Atlantic Coast Conference, he goes into the portal. I, I mean, what's his thought process of, about coming to East Carolina? Well, he and his mentor were looking for some place that they, it, it, it's a, such a small world and, and you'll know one of the people involved in the deal. Uh, his mentor is very close with Troy Weaver, who's the general manager of the Pistons. Okay. Troy Weaver was the one who helped us get Tony Parham. Okay. So we, he, I didn't know his, his mentor, and we started talking, and um, you know Troy's name came up, and in the weird deal, I said, "Well, you need to call Troy. I've already talked to him about you." Ah. And we went through the recruiting, and, and he, you know, we, we talked to people, and we went through the whole deal, and. Uh, he wanted, you know, a role like he had, and we, we felt like we had that situation. He liked the league, uh, close to home. Obviously, we're, you know, it's only about four hours from home. Good, his mom's a great lady, and it's, it's a good fit for us, I think. Do you ever see some of these transfers that go to places and, and, and not, I don't want you to name specifically, but you're thinking like, ah, oh, that's not going to work. I mean, oh, there's no, and, you know, like I'll give you an example. If you're at, um, a Blue Blood and you've got three guys put their name in the draft. All right, so you, well, you don't know whether they're coming back or not. Right. Well, then you go ahead and you say, here's what we'll do is we'll take three guys from the portal. Okay, right. just in case. Well, now all of a sudden these three guys come back, and the three guys from the portal are, are not going to play. They're not going to play. That's the reality. They're going to be sitting over there. And now what are you going to do? You're going to. I mean, you're going to complain. And they've got to sit then. They, they've got if, to, they, if they want to transfer. They, yeah, or a lot of them are fifth year guys, or right. a lot of these guys also got the additional year back right. because of COVID. So now what are you going to do? Yeah. It's always that's something. It's not, not our problem. <laughs> that's right. I, quite I got the, my own problems. So I'm not worried about their problems. That blue blood status. Joe Dooley in the studio live with us. We'll take another commercial break. Back with more on this Monday on the Brian Bailey Show for you on Pirate Radio after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, back with head coach Joe Dooley here on The Brian Bailey Show. Pirate basketball is set to open up the 2021-22 season coming up on November the 9th, hosting South Carolina State. And tonight's a big night in Greenville because it's the Aces for Autism Dinner, the 8th annual Samuel C. Robinson Aces for Autism Dinner coming up at the Greenville Convention Center. Tim Tebow will be in town for that. And I know all the coaches got together and did a uh, commercial, a PSA for the event. But uh, Kyle Robinson, who used, used to be with you guys, does a great job with that. Unbelievable, the the, the vision he has for Aces and started as a, a labor of love and has really helped a lot of people in the community and surrounding communities. With you know, He used to have to go to take Samuel to Winston-Salem when he first got right, there. Right, I remember treatment. that. And now he's got treatment centers in, in eastern North Carolina. He's trying to expand and continue to grow this uh, great brand. And Kyle's done a great job. Yeah, he's done he's an excellent job. And uh, having Tim Tebow. And Tebow was supposed to be here, I think it was two years ago, at least a year and a half Last ago. Year. And there was all kinds of different, you know, they were moving COVID, it to, yeah. Yeah, because of COVID. But they're finally uh, getting set to host that. So that'll be tonight at the Greenville Convention Center. I think tickets are still available. I'm sure they can probably work something out. Love to have you come out and uh, be a part of that. Because it's, it's a big night. Uh, you wouldn't believe 
the community, how they come together for events like that. And Kyle's just, endeared himself, which they should, you know, he's, he's done it for, for not just for his son. He's done it for a lot of people in Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. He's done a really good job. And I think the people in the community have really jumped in full bore and it's, it's been great. And the people in our community that, you know, how you put it, the, the wealthy of our community, you know, they give back so much. And that's, that's the real, real key thing. I mean, everybody doesn't have that kind of money to, to donate to something like that, but the, those that do in Greenville usually do. They do. And, and then the people that show up and just support it. I mean, if it, I think that means as much to Kyle as any, anything else. And obviously there's been people that popped up out of the woodwork that have given unbelievable gifts for the four aces and been very, very generous. And I know Kyle's very appreciative and he's, he's moving that thing forward very quickly. And they've got all kinds of plans for the future and they've got, they've school, got big plans. School, school yeah. treatment center. And he's, he's working on that as we speak. And, and the thing about that I've learned with special needs children and adults, but, but autism, there's so many different levels and, and you know, the, the scale, it's just really, it, it's really intriguing to, to, to learn about some of that. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, Kyle also had some legislation changed a couple months yeah. ago where the, the, the ability to hire and get treatment people here in North Carolina is very difficult and retaining them is very difficult. And try, Kyle's gone from, you know, a handful of, of people working in that, in that area to, you know, he's in the, you know, 40s or 50s with people that are, uh, which will allow more people to get treatment and, and to, to, to prevail. Okay, it's coming up tonight over at the uh, Greenville Convention Center. Tim Tebow, the guest speaker for the Aces for Autism uh, fundraiser coming up. It's the 8th annual. All right, let's continue on talking about the roster. Let's talk about some of the, the new freshmen coming into town. So, start with R.J. Felton. Very athletic, South Carolina kid, uh, Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, College-ready body, uh, plays above the rim. Uh, he's, th- he's done some really good things. I think he could be a terrific, he could be a sort of a lockdown defender, very good in transition. Like all the freshmen right now, he's he's a little sped up. Uh, I think once he starts figuring that out, he'll he'll continue to get better and better. All right, some of the other freshmen, uh, Alexis Reeves. Alexis Reyes is a, a good shooter, kid from Boston. Uh, he's he can really shoot it. Uh, he, like all the freshmen, he's 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 sped up a little bit right now. The one who's figured it out the most as a freshman so far has been the kid Javon Small. Javon played a compass prep out in Arizona. He's an Indiana kid. Uh, played with Ty Ty Washington, who's at Kentucky. Um, really good poise, uh, really cares. The, the, the freshman group is a really good, interesting group of guys. So Reyes and Small lead that group. You got some other ones too, right? Obviously, uh, Brandon Johnson uh, yeah. has been a really big surprise. He's a very good offensive rebounder. Um, a little bit taller than we thought. Uh, his, Jason's done a really good job with him in the weight room with some of the resources. Uh, Marlon Leston has got a, is, was a little bit delayed. He didn't get here till August and then was quarantined, so he's a little bit behind. Not, not nothing that we didn't expect, but has really grown and really, I mean, really gotten better the last month or so, and is going to be a good player. Uh, and Tay Mosier can really shoot the ball. Tay's got, you know, he's one of those high school guys that was used to shooting every ball, so he's having a little <laughs> bit of an adjustment right now, and we're trying to ease him into that. But he, really hard worker. The, the, the freshman group has a lot of energy, and they've they've done a really good job of being in the gym, a lot of extra hour shooting. You know, we we talk about young players and what they have to do to see the floor, but the bottom line is basically. Well, a, if you can defend, and B, if you can put the ball in the hole, you're gonna get your playing time. Or if we can trust you, I yeah, that might even you know do, to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. And that's a you know that's a you know if, if you can put the ball in the basket, but you can't rotate on a on a dribble drive, or if you can't you know hedge a ball screen, if you can't do A, B, and C, and you're getting a six and giving up sixteen. My math isn't very good, but that's not good <laughs> for the Pirates. So you don't need to be out there. I mean, if you can't run offense because three guys are doing one thing and one two guys are doing something random. 
those thing all those things all factor into the equation. How hard is it to get everybody on the same page? I mean, it takes know. time. I mean, I think yeah. that's that's the biggest thing is is learning role identifying. Uh, you know, some of these guys are used to taking X amount of shots in high school. It's not going to happen that way. Um, you know, the, the, what the other thing that guys don't figure out is the other coach knows what he's doing. Right. So what, by I'm saying, for example, if you're a really good post guy, they might post trap you to take the ball out of your hands. So you didn't get 10 shots today. You got six because they trapped the ball out of your hands. Now, do you make the right play? Instead of taking a bad shot, do you reverse it and get the extra shot? So those are all things that factor in. When you look at where you were at this point last season, trying to just get a season started, and where you're at right now, how good do you feel? Much better. I mean, you know, the uncertainty, and then just the practice was so um, uh, helter-skelter. I mean, like I said, you might go, yeah. you know, you, you know, you lose a couple of guys today, someone tests positive, he's gone, uh, you know, and the other teams factored into the deal, too. You know, we had some games when we were fine that other people we're quarantined you now. We lost you know, Cincinnati here, for example, or Cincinnati there. I'm saying we lost a couple of games where other teams were DQ'd because uh, they had too many guys. And it was sort of weird, you know. You practice, and if you had some guys with some, you know, a headache or you know, sneeze, you know, they're, they're, until you got a PCR back, they weren't there, and so you had to adjust on the fly with practice. But we've done so much more five on five because we could this year. During practice, I mean, th- those five-on-fives during practice, I mean, how how key is that to seeing exactly what you have? Because the thing about basketball, you have all these five-on-five scrimmages, but then whenever you start playing games, you only got five out there. So. That's what the guys are starting to figure out. Right. I mean, that, that, that happens when, when you when you scrimmage, and all of a sudden, you know, during practice, they've been going up and down for five or six minutes, and they want a sub. Yeah. And then, then, you know, when the game comes and they're down there waving at you that they want to go in the game, <laughs> and you're waving, no, I've been watching practice for the last month. You can stay down there. and. I do think the reality, of, like we talked about, guys, there's 10 guys in practice practicing right now, and once we get to the games, only five of you are going to be out there. And that's not a negative. That's just the actual reality of it. And uh, these guys understanding, I said, do you guys think we should, everybody should play 14.2 minutes a game? No, well, that's if this isn't the YMCA, so you guys can understand we're not going to break it up like that. And uh, you can differentiate yourself by knowing what you're doing, being solid, making easy plays, and e- a series of easy plays or a great play. And that's what we talk to our guys about all the time. When you guys videotape practices, do the coaches go back and look at those tapes first, well, and then you guys break it down with the players? One good thing with us is we can we can pull it right there in practice from the practice facility. So if if you made a mistake, we can pull the the play right off the clip and and send it right to the right to the TV in the practice gym right away. We do watch tape with these guys every day. Uh, I I think it's like everything else, and probably like when we were children, we don't believe it until we see it. Oh yeah, I mean that was that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't me. That I was. I didn't I was, say that. And you know, I wasn't. I was on my helpline, and you know, I I I've, I jokingly say to our guys all the time, "There's only two times you guys are lying when you're awake or talking." So we you know we try to show them that look, you, you know, one foot here, one foot there is a difference. Look at your angles. Uh, are you on that X where you're supposed to be? Uh, are you on the, on the midline? Uh, what did you? See? The other thing is, what did you see? I mean, I think we could say whatever you want to say, but w- w- I think asking them what they saw educates you on what you saw. So then you could say, well, did you see that that backside guard was rotating? You did a good job. Now, if, if he starts creeping that way, you throw the ball behind him. Uh, you know, if if that guy is tagging the ball screen, you throw the ball back to the guy that tagged. If the guy didn't tag it, you throw it to the roller. So what did you see? Well, I didn't see him. Okay, well, that's, we, he's coming from where? 
And I think when they once they give you an, an indication that they know what they're looking for, it makes it easier for them also. And that's interesting you say that because in Houston, I've heard it many times, but this weekend in Houston, I walked behind the bench and Coach Shankweiler had the offensive lineman together and he did the exact same thing. He said, right, what did you see? And he, he said, was he in the A-gap? Did he come to the A-gap? And, and he said, well, you know, if he comes, and he was just, you know, we work on it every day in practice and he was just explaining to him that if that, that's what we've been working on. Well, I, th- I think, you know, would have him played. Sometimes what you see is a little bit different. It was different than what you saw because the speed of the game speeds up. Or, you know, there's a million variables that happen. And right. I can't, you know, football, you're resetting every 30 seconds. We can go up and down for three straight minutes. That's true. Three or four straight minutes. And we don't have, the you know, the headset and calling, hey, Brian, <laughs> go over here. And, you yeah. know, and now all of a sudden something changes. I mean, you know, the guy that was, you know, the guy, you know, you go to those games where the guy you're saying, well, we, we call him. You know, we call him Rondo's guy that you don't close out tight on because he's, he wants to drive and he's not a great shooter. Well, we've also coached those games with a guy who's a Rondo who you're telling you guys to close out short on makes five threes. Well, he was a 22% three-point shooter. We played the numbers, and the numbers didn't work for us today. So now you have to adjust those type of deals. And sometimes the kids see something differently or the look was a little bit different and got them off of uh, the angle of something was a little bit different. I mean, we had a couple the other day on ball screen tags that we hadn't done I hadn't seen it all, and we got confused on one or two things because of the way they crossed, and it wasn't that complicated. We could just pass it off, and we gave up, you know, a couple baskets on things that we we hadn't done all preseason. So then when you watch the tape, what did you see? Well, the ball's coming to you. That means you do well. I get closer to my man. Well, the ball's going coming to you, and you're going to tag on the backside. You need to be dragging to the ball. And until they see it a couple times, I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, it's easier. Yeah. Preseason basketball, those secret scrimmages that uh, Pirates had one this past week, had one more coming up, and then November the 9th, South Carolina State. East Carolina will open up the season against South Carolina State. Three home games to start the season. That's a, that's a positive. Yeah, it's good. I, I think, it, you know, we've got the three. It's crazy. We'll play six games in 12 days to start the season, which is a lot of games. Uh, we go from the three home games down to Myrtle Beach to play Oklahoma and play that Thursday, Friday, Sunday in, in Myrtle Beach. So that's a, that's a quick turnaround for those games. You get a lot of scattering important. The guys will see a lot of different looks. Why is that a Thursday, Friday, Sunday? That I don't know. I think the ESPN, it's an ESPN coordinated tournament. I guess maybe it was for TV times. I'm yeah. not really sure. Nice. It's just, they're covering all the games and, uh, it, it is a little bit, you know, I think they, some of the places do that. Some of the other tournaments do that too. They skip a day so they don't want the yeah. guys playing three days in a row. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Sunday down at Myrtle Beach. We'll talk more about that coming up in just a bit. We'll take our final commercial break. Then we'll wrap things up with head coach Joe Dooley right here on the Brian Bailey show right after this. Welcome back to the Brian Bailey Show on this Monday. Joe Dooley, head basketball coach, joining us for the hours. We wrap things up with Coach Dooley. When you take a look at, at, at the schedule, is it a schedule that, that you, you you look at and you think, hey, there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. we got to really do what we got to do early and then go from there? There's no doubt. We, we do need to win the games you're supposed to win. I think the, the good thing is you've also got a lot of challenging games. Obviously, that Myrtle Beach deal will be a very good, very good field. Old Dominion's coming off a very good year in Liberty's. It was in the 30s, you know, the upper 30s, low 40s in Ken Palm last year, and one there was an NCAA tournament team. So I think you'll have enough tests, and obviously, you know, our league is a, is a bear. Uh, I do think we continue to schedule better as we get better. I think that's one of the things, you know, it's it's not just one to play games. It's also other teams are also looking at your net and your 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 because they they need tier one, tier two wins to in order to get to the NCAA right. tournament for out of conference schedule, which it's. 
Uh, I think scheduling is a little bit more complicated once you get into it than than, than people think in some regards. And uh, you know, with a, a lower net, it'll enable us to play more games. And you know, if you're a tier one or a tier two game, you're much more you know appealable to teams to play. What do you see in the American this year? Houston's going to be terrific as usual. I think the road goes through Houston, Memphis. Uh, unbelievable recruiting class has some guys coming back, and I do think that the SMU, uh, UCF, and uh, Wichita State. You know, Wichita State with Tyson Etienne, preseason player of the year, uh, has got three or four starters back. Um, very good. You know, had a good year last year. We didn't get to see him. I don't even. Know, we didn't get to see him in person, but uh, really good depth, and I, I think they've done a really good job of restocking their roster. Yeah, in the preseason coaches poll, the Pirates were picked last. You put that on the bulletin board so the guys can see it. No, you don't need to. They already know. They know. You know that's, that's something that you know. Uh, you know, you, you look at and. Uh, I, I don't think we're a last place team. Now you prove it, and you don't have to talk about it. You know what's the old adage? You know, you, you don't need to talk about it. Show it, and yeah. you know, that's what our guys. I think we've had a good preseason so far. We've, we've won more days than we've lost, and that's let's hope keep, we keep stacking them. Do you practice and say that when you finish practice? Can you get your coaches. I learned hey, this did year, we win or did we lose? I learned this years ago, <laughs> and after and it was a funny thing. A friend of mine told me he goes, he, he would write on the practice plan after every practice whether we won or lost. Wow. The guys are right now. They ask me after practice, do we win or lose? And I think that's the, them wanting to know is also they're you know taking a little bit of pride in the fact that we can stack some days together. And I'll tell you the truth, and we we hadn't stacked in, about two weeks ago. We stacked two bad days together, which we hadn't done, and then we we strung a good streak together. And uh, you know it's also weird because you have 42 days and you can practice 30 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they come up with these numbers, I don't know, but. Um, we'll, we'll keep stacking. When they say one bad apple can spoil the bunch, but if one guy has a bad day, does that knock the whole thing, or it just kind of depends? No, it, I, I think it's, it's it's the same thing. Even if you just get off the practice, can you flip practice? If practice, we started practice poorly this morning, um, and and flipped it really quickly, you know, just to hear, hey, whoa, 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 we can we can work on this, or we can work on conditioning. And they flipped it quick. So that's, <laughs> they, 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 they were smart. I mean, yeah. I got to give them credit. When you look at, at, at a possible starting lineup in your head right now, do you have guys that you think you know you have maybe eight total players? You think five will be the starters? And you're, you're we've there? got. Well, I think you're, it's been a weird deal because Alonzo and Winston have been coming off injuries, so we haven't had as much to look at. Now you know what you have in a lot of regards, but uh, have they fit in yet? No, but I do think probably we've got three. Just about three, possibly four guys were pretty certain will start. And then as those guys continue to get better and, and, and get healthy, that, that could change some of the dynamics. And it's funny about the dynamics because, you know, this time, you know, in two months from now, you may have a whole different set of, you know, players to play with because just how things go and injuries and guys that improve and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, and then guys that fit. I mean, there's guys out there that we've put on the court and, you know, in, in September you're saying he's never going to play a minute. Yeah. And then as you start going through and you look at the stats after practice, he was – Three for five from the field, two for three from three, had seven assists, no turnovers, or he had 14 rebounds. I mean, it's, it's all, some guys just actually play better, and, and it depends the way that you mix and match your teams also. I mean, sometimes the, the way you put guys in roles on the, on the, on the, in, in practice also influences the way they play. When do you start working on South Carolina State? We'll start working on South Carolina State next week. Now, we've already worked on some things and some actions that we've seen. Uh, obviously, Coach Madlock's a new coach. He was at Memphis last year as an assistant, so we've watched some of them. He was an assistant for Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss. So 
uh, you know, he'll probably mix and match with some things and probably have a few of his own wrinkles. And playing all those games, you know, in, in such a short amount of time, do you look at other teams on that schedule, too? We've already pre-scouted all yeah. of that. Now, you're not going to have it. It's a quick turn. It's more so your principles, and a lot of it will be personnel. I mean, we'll have to base a lot of our scout report based upon personnel. What's it going to be like to have Minchie's Coliseum with fans again? It'll be great. I mean, it'll <laughs> yeah. be really, it was a, as you know, you've been there. It was a really weird dynamic, but everybody had to deal with it, so... Take you know, let's move on down the road. It was really strange to be because you know the seating was in the upper deck. There weren't twenty five, thirty people. I, I joke with people all the time. That was one of the few that were, was at the Houston game. I mean, that was one of the greatest wins in Pirate basketball history, and there just wasn't anybody there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I think the weird thing was, and it was you know just the kids having to cheer for each other. You can yeah. hear so many more things. Um, it's, it's sort of funny because you can hear everybody's play. Everybody in the country knows everybody's play calls right. now because they're yelling the play call, and there's no sound to drown it out. But uh, I do think that the, you know the, the kids they, they weathered the storm. They did a really good job. You know, we got through the NCAA tournament, and uh, like I told our guys all the time, it's better than not playing. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't ideal, but you know, it would be a lot worse if we didn't get to play. Coach, good luck this season. Stay healthy with that bunch, and let's win some games. We're, we're going to try, Brian. There Thank you. you. Go. Joe Dooley, the head basketball coach, joining us here on the Brian Bailey Show. That's our show for this week. We'll see you back here next Monday on the Brian Bailey Show. Have a great sports week, everybody. This has been the Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sud Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, the Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and the Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of the Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio.